Are you familiar with the gospel according to Cosby and the story of Noah's Ark? Bill Cosby, a comedian, released a classic comedy album years ago where God speaks to Noah. Noah, who is that? It's the Lord, Noah. Right. I want to know if God really speaks to people. And if he really speaks to people, is he speaking to me? And if he's speaking to me, how can I be sure it's really him? If we look down through human history, we find we're not the first ones to scratch our heads over this issue. You remember Job, millionaire, uh, genuinely good guy, good husband, family man, loved God, loved people. But then the wheels came off, lost his children, lost his business, lost his possessions, lost his health. And it seemed like God had gone silent on him. But one of Job's friends offers a moment of wise insight. He says, God does speak now one way. Now another, though man may not perceive it. The problem isn't that God doesn't speak to us. He does speak, but he's multilingual. He speaks one way one day and another way another day. He speaks one way to one person and simultaneously by another means to someone else. He speaks to me one way when I'm in a certain frame of mind and a totally different way when I'm not in that frame of mind anymore. I'm in a different frame of mind. He's not limited to one language. He could be. You know, he could have decided he was only going to communicate with us by one means, and you either had to get on that wavelength or you were out of luck. You know, he could have said, kids, I'm going to communicate with you strictly through pain. I'm going to set up the world like one of those B.F. Skinner behavior experiments where the subject has electrodes strapped to his body, and every time he does something on a list of forbidden behaviors, he gets zapped pretty quickly, he learns to... Avoid doing that stuff. It won't be pretty, but it'll be effective. Or God could have said, hey, people, I'm going to give you this book, the Bible, and that's it. Read the book, memorize the book, and when you bump into something that the book doesn't specifically cover, you're on your own. I'm not going to help you. Just coming up with the book took 1,500 years, and I went through 40 writers. But God doesn't take this kind of approach. He isn't stingy. He doesn't want to be closed-mouthed. He goes the other extreme because he loves people so much. He, he's willing to communicate on a whole bunch of different levels and in a whole bunch of different ways. And maybe, maybe just one of those ways will make it through the haze of our apathy, our confusion, our rebellion, whatever. It's like in business where countless man hours are expended in meetings trying to answer the question, how can we communicate this so the boss will receive it? Or how can we communicate this so the client will receive it? How can we wangle some way to get the client to hear what he needs to hear, respond the way he needs to respond for his own good, for the good of his company? God is just as focused, even more so, on finding ways for us to hear what we need to hear for our own good. He makes us the client. He makes us the boss. He gives us totally free will, but then he pulls out the stops to get through to us, to help us see what's best, to incline us to, to draw closer to him, to move more deeply into communication and relationship with him for our own good. He gives us multiple opportunities on multiple wavelengths to hear and receive the truth. Durch die Bibel, Gott, wir Bog alle sprechen. Kulum kulu, ukulum anati. Dieu nous parle à travers Hashem la Bible. Dieu qui parle à travers la Bible. We have evidence that God speaks in all kinds of different languages. 
For one, God certainly does speak through the scriptures. He makes this claim himself in 2 Timothy. All scriptures God breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's God's design for life. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible isn't just a rule book. It's a workbook. It's to help you get more out of life, to enjoy the ride. King David found this to be true centuries ago. He said to God, hey, wow, cool. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I'm doing better because of what I found here in the scriptures. And yet, look at how God deals with us when we blow off the Bible. He doesn't hate us. He doesn't give up on us. He finds other ways to get through to us. For example, he, he speaks to us through ministers. Ephesians 4 says that God gives some individuals a, a special ability to teach his word in such a way that people are able to love God better and love people better. In 1 Corinthians 2, the apostle Paul points out that this kind of teaching isn't just the work of really, really good human wisdom, but God is actually speaking through this this teacher, teaching through this, this gifted teacher. The teacher can't take any credit for it. He's just a willing mouthpiece. It's a heavy responsibility because the teacher has to be sure that he or she is not sticking his own biases in there. The Bible says someone who teaches God's word has to be held to a stricter standard, and this is why. Somebody who claims to speak for God puts people at risk of believing a lie. This is one reason why reading and studying and thinking about the scriptures yourself is still crucial. Even if you're sitting under a steady stream of Bible teaching, everything you're taught needs to pass the litmus test of scripture. Everything you hear on a Compass DVD should align with the Bible. If it doesn't, you start asking questions. You talk to a trusted minister and say, hey, this doesn't seem to square with what I see in the Bible. In fact, I suggest you go to compassfellowship.com or call us toll free or email us here at the compass or call us or something. Don't let it go. Get to the bottom of it. But thank God he's not limited to preachers. He also speaks through people in all walks of life. We're designed for community, for relationships, and God uses the people around us to bring us more deeply into his design for our lives. Proverbs 12 says, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Sometimes a friend is the only one who can get me to hear a difficult truth about myself. Proverbs 27 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Not very long ago, a friend came to me and very gently, very lovingly confronted me about the way I was communicating verbally with a mutual friend. It, it, it was hurtful, and I didn't realize it. You know, I might sit and read the Bible an hour a day. I might listen to sermons on tape every day of the week and still never recognize that little bit of ugliness in myself unless somebody comes and speaks God's truth to me for that situation. Dio ci parla attraverso circostanze. Isimo esitile. God speaks through circumstances. Sometimes it's so clear, a door just opens before you, or a door simply closes in your face. You couldn't have engineered it. It was a God thing. Like when Paul wanted to do ministry in Asia province and couldn't get in in Acts 16. He sensed that it was God's spirit keeping him from going there. 
And then sometimes God speaks through circumstances, but it's not clear at all that it's God speaking. You know, you're just tooling down the road, the road bends, you go with it. But you look back a day or a year or a decade later and you say, God was speaking through that situation. He was guiding me even though I wasn't really listening for his voice. Sometimes it's somebody doing you an unexpected kindness. My family's entire life has been shaped by someone many years ago who simply spontaneously recommended me for a certain job. They didn't gain anything. They, they just thought of me. That job reshaped my future, introduced me to people who are still among my closest friends today, 30 years later. God had a plan for my life, and he was calling me into it, but in a language I couldn't understand at the time and probably couldn't have discerned by any other means. Sometimes, on the other hand, God speaks through unpleasant circumstances. Somebody hurts you. Maybe you reel from the blow. You feel betrayed. You feel kicked in the gut. But as you stumble around trying to recover from the shock and the pain, you wind up on a different road. And as you go down that new road, you find that God has already hung your name on the door. When we're endangering ourselves and others by busting God's design, sometimes God speaks through pain because we're not really tuned in on any other wavelength. There was a guy who was cheating on his wife. He was headed for trouble. He was not asking God for wisdom. He was running the other direction. When he finally got caught, you can imagine the pain. The guy got shredded. Proverbs 20 says, blows and wounds cleanse away evil and beatings purge the inmost being. That guy emerged on a different street, heading in a different direction. He could say to God, along with King David, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. God speaks through feelings. There's a whole range of definitions for this. Once in a while, pretty rarely, but occasionally, you have what we might call an aha moment. You know, that's when you suddenly get a, a, a clear insight, a flash of inspiration that you absolutely know is coming straight from the heart of God. And then sometimes God speaks through what we might call nudges. This might be what Paul was talking about in Romans 8, where he talks about God's spirit testifying with our spirit. The English language doesn't quite capture it. The New Living Translation of the Bible may actually communicate the concept in terms we can better relate to. It says, his spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts. That's a, a nudge. It's something way under the surface, deep down, something you might think of as um, vibrational. It's kind of a, a twinge. You just sense in a keen way that God is speaking to you about something. It's not an aha moment. It's not big at all. It's quite small, but you can tell it's important. And then there's the, the term insight. When God speaks by giving you an insight, it's not emotional, it's more intellectual. And, and sometimes you gain an insight and you, you can't trace it to God, or at least you don't trace it to God at the time. You gain some new understanding somehow, and maybe way later you come to see that it was God speaking to you, giving you that new perspective on something. But it turns out that it lines right up with God's word. It, it strikes you after the fact that this was a God thing. 
This kind of phenomenon is no accident. Jesus promised that God's Spirit would do this kind of work for you. He said in John 14, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. He's in the business of offering insights that line up with God's design. And you can tell it's him doing his work because the result is that you feel somehow uh, settled about it deep down inside. In his very next breath, Jesus says, it's peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. In other words, this isn't some cheap temporary peace like you get from popping a Valium. This is the real McCoy. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Don't settle, he's saying, for the fake peace. Insist on the brand name. God speaks in more mysterious ways sometimes. He speaks to some people, sometimes through dreams. Dreams. Amapupo. It's the kind of a cloud poof, poofy thing. Amapupo. When Job's friend was giving him advice, he used dreams as an example of how God speaks to people. In Job 33, he said, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings to turn man from wrongdoing and, and keep him from pride. Paul the Apostle had a middle-of-the-night vision of a Macedonian man calling for help, and the next morning, Paul headed to Macedonia. It happens. God speaks through dreams. If it's God speaking to you through a dream, it will line up with the scriptures. God can speak through art, through music. He speaks through creation. Many people really hear from God through the beauty and majesty of, of geography, the, the mountains, the oceans. This was the Psalmist David's frame of mind when he wrote Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. Responding to nature is a way of hearing from God. It's not for everybody, but for some of us, it's, it's very real and very important. I have a friend who gets back in touch with God by going camping. I don't get that at all. But God communicates with him through the great outdoors. Some people hear through, from God through biology. Talk to my friend Warner Lewis about how God reveals himself through the design of the human genome. And it's exciting. Some of us can look at the ocean or starry sky or the Grand Canyon and we don't really connect. But some of us do. For a lot of us, God speaks through his creation. Hashem mitabaralenu im mada. Durch die Schweigen Gott wir alle spricht. And then I wish it weren't true, but a lot of times God speaks through silence. That's what we're going to look at in detail in our next session. And later in this series, we'll tackle the question of how to know if what I think is God's voice is really God's voice. But for now, let it suffice that God loves you. He loves you so much that he has gone to extremes for you, creating multiple communication streams so he can reach you and touch you and talk with you and care for you every single day. 
He won't speak to you the way he speaks to me. He won't speak to either of us the way he speaks to someone else. And he won't speak to us the same way tomorrow that he spoke to us yesterday. I have a 16-year-old, Natalie, a 15-year-old, Christopher, and a four-year-old, Lydia Charlotte. And to be a good dad, I have to keep speaking new languages. I may speak softly and lovingly, or I may yell. I may cry out an urgent warning, or I may mutter to my wife, oh, let him hurt himself, see if that'll get through to him. I may, I may speak the, the language of withdrawn privileges, of suspended allowance, of grounding. I may banish someone's little butt to the timeout chair. I may have a very brief conversation about something. Or I may, as my son Christopher puts it, make a big speech. I may whisper. I may use hand signals. I may just give a certain look. I may offer an incentive for compliance. I may just go to a friend of the family and say, will you please talk some sense into him? And you know what? Down through the years, God has communicated with me in every single one of these ways and more. Why? Because he loves me so much. See, I'm always looking for some way to get through to my kids, to help them, to protect them, to grow them up healthy, to love them. So I'm communicating in all these different ways. And God is always looking for some way to get through to his kids, to help us, to protect us, to grow us up healthy, to love us. So he's communicating in all these different ways. My Natalie and my Christopher and my Lydia Charlotte are absolutely, without question, mine. They are absolutely loved. No matter how or whether my communications are received, their care is top priority with me. And you are absolutely, without question, God's child, absolutely loved. Whether or not you receive his communications, your care is top priority with him. Let me pray for you. God, we don't always hear you. We don't always hear you right. We're dumb old humans, but help us to trust your love and to open ourselves up to your multiple wavelengths, your many languages. Receive your love to help us Love you and love people better. And I thank you, Father. Amen.